Hey friends, welcome to episode 96 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Swift, and I am so thankful that you're listening in and I wanna warmly welcome you to the show today. And what a show I have for you today. This is a powerful story and you are going to wanna listen to the entire thing. And my guest today is Christina Custodio. She dropped her son off at his middle school football practice and not long after received a call to pick him up. And when she got to the field, she realized something was terribly wrong. And she's going to tell us what happened that day that changed the trajectory of her life and the lives of her family and the life of Isaiah, her son. And it is just a powerful testament to God's faithfulness. And even on the bad days, God is still good. And we all need that encouragement, don't we, friend? So listen in. And I want to also remind everyone that Fierce Calling is part of the Spark Network. And the Spark Network can be heard on the Edify app. So download the Edify app today for free at the Apple or Google Play stores and listen to some really amazing Christian podcasts. It's all Christian. So check that out today, friend. So, yep, this is going to be an amazing episode, and I want you to listen to it and hear all about her book that she wrote about this whole thing that happened in their lives. And I know what Christina has to say is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Christina Custodio. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. I am so excited today to have my friend with me, Christina Custodio. You're going to just love her, and this story is so powerful, and it's just a testament of God's faithfulness, and it's going to be encouraging to you today. I just know it. And she is a wife, a mama of three beautiful kiddos, and she and her family live in Greenville, South Carolina. And she's a teacher, a speaker, an author of this book we're going to talk about, which is amazing, and I'm currently reading it. Um, of course, um, spoiler alert, I know I know, kind of a lot of what's going to happen in the book, but it's so much different when you actually read the words yourself. So I want you all to pick up a copy. It's called When God Changed His Mind, A True Story of Trial, Triumph, and Finding Joy Beyond Circumstances. And we sure need that message right now. She's also a photographer, and as she says, whatever else she's called to be in any given day, which sounds just like us women, doesn't it, Christina? Welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's such a joy, and uh, I've heard you speak about the book before, and it's just going to be a powerful thing, but, you know, whatever the Lord leads you to talk about, really, and so I would love it if you would share a little about the story, about your story, which is God's okay. story with you and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Okay. Well, when I talk about this a lot, but I think I'm just going to start where God called me mm -hmm. before I tell you our story. Mm -hmm. It was about 12 years ago and I was at a women of faith conference and I was listening to whoever was on stage and I heard God say in my spirit, Christina, you're going to do this. And I told him, I'll make this long story short, but I told him, no, <laughs> I actually told him, no, I'm not because I didn't have any kind of story to share. I was thinking I'm not like these women. I don't have a story. So I kind of put that to the side and about six years later, 
when my son was 13, I had dropped him off at football practice and I got a call probably about 45 minutes after I dropped him off telling me that he had a headache. It was the trainer saying, come get him. He doesn't need to practice like this. His head hurts really bad. So I went to get him. And when I got there, I could tell that something else was wrong. It was more than a headache and he was incoherent. He couldn't speak in a full sentence. Something was really wrong. So I took him to the emergency room and we ended up finding out that he had a severe brain hemorrhage and he was dying. And the thing about that is I always felt somehow in my spirit that the Lord was going to take him at a young age. And so I thought, this is it. (laughs) This is God's going to take him, but he's only 13. And there was a point where I was in the bathroom or I left a room of friends and family who were waiting with me as he was in emergency, having emergency brain surgery. I went in the bathroom and I started praying, but I didn't know what to pray for. So the only words that I could think of to say were, God, change your mind. And I just said it over and over, God, change your mind. And you know, I'd read somewhere in the Bible that God did that. And I didn't really know exactly what that meant. I hoped that it meant he would change the course of direction that he had planned. But so I just, that's all I could say. And I came out of that bathroom and I felt peace. And it's not something I ever thought that I would feel when faced with one of my children dying. Mm. I thought, like most of us think, you're going to have to take me to, you know, I I won't survive this. But at that moment, when I, when I stepped back into the room, I just, I had such a sense of peace that if he died and I still didn't know, I didn't have a sense that yes, God's going to save him. I just knew that whatever he chose to do, we would be okay, that I would survive it. I knew that my marriage would be okay because, you know, that's usually one of the first things to crumble in situations like that. I knew my girls would get through it okay. And I was okay. And I knew at that moment that that was going to be my story Mm. that God gave me to share. And I didn't know if it was going to be my son died and I survived and this is how. Or if it was going to be my son lives and we're praising God and we're doing this and this and this to, to thank the Lord. But I just knew that was going to be my story. That was beautiful. When you came out of the bathroom after praying and this peace just washed over you, what did your friends and family think? Were they really concerned that you were kind of checking out or something like Because sometimes it's hard when you have this going through with your child. And then, though, a lot of times people were probably focusing on to see if you were okay. I don't think that they, I don't know really what they were thinking. I don't, I tend to be very calm Mm. always in situations. So it's kind of like you. So I, yes, but internally, Mm. generally, you can't really tell what's going on internally. (laughs) I think I probably, I was still, I'm I'm sure there were some tears still because I was still, even though I had peace, I was still afraid. Mm-hmm. I was still afraid of what I was going to have to deal with. 
I didn't want it. (laughs) If I, you know, I didn't want to have to deal with the death of a child, but I still had that peace that it was going to be okay, even if I did Mm. ultimately. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think they just looked at me and, you know, probably thought that's Christina. And I just was trying to make sure everybody else was calm Mm. because, you know, when other people get upset, then it, then you get upset and it's just a vicious cycle. And yeah. How is your faith before this? Because you had been a Christian for quite a long time, right? When did you come to know Jesus? I grew up in the church. I grew up since I was born. My parents took us to church, but I didn't, you know, there comes a point where it becomes your own faith and not your parents. Mm -hmm. And that happened probably several years before that. But I don't think that my faith had ever been tested, truly tested until that night. It was a test that showed me I needed to see the level of my faith. I didn't know because you don't, how do you know what the level of your faith is unless it's tested? Yes. So I think it was that night that I, I knew for sure. I believe God. I believe when he says he'll walk through the fire with us Mm. and it, I think it encouraged, it continues to encourage me today, actually. And it, when my faith is struggling, if I'm not sure about what God's going to do, if I'm struggling to trust him in a certain situation, I always go back to that night Mm -hmm. and think you trusted God. Then you trusted God with your son's whole life you can trust him in this situation. Amen. So it's, it's increased my faith tremendously. It's something I can fall back on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. And as you said, it was, that was a major test of faith (laughs) because, you know, mamas have that heart for their kids, like just so precious. And, you know, the ones we know, we know they belong to him, but still, you know, it's just so different when it's your child. And, and so then what happened? You're in the hospital and this is all going on. And so what happens? Well, he came out of surgery and the doctor said that he was stable. And we didn't know, still, we didn't know for sure if that meant he was going to live. And the doctor made sure we knew that he wasn't out of the woods. So we still, I think for the next probably 72 hours, <laughs> I don't think I shut my eyes. (laughs) I felt like I just kept my eyes on him to make sure like I was going to keep him alive somehow (laughs) by staring at him. But I still didn't know for sure what God was going to choose to do because Mm -hmm. in those situations, anything can happen. So I just, uh, just (laughs) held on and he continued to be okay. And he got better. He had to learn how to walk and talk and do everything over again. It was like having a newborn all over again. Even when he was able to speak again, he would say things like a toddler does. So I felt like we went through all the stages. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to change his diaper and we had to comfort him when he was crying and hungry. And as a toddler, he, as the 13 year old toddler, he would say everything that came to his mind everything. He would just blurt it out. He had no filter. (laughs) So we had to do that kind of training all over again. Mm -hmm. 
he would look at my dad sometimes and he would say, Papa fat. <laughs> and we'd say, honey, you can't say that mm. to him. But then we'd look at my dad and say, you know, you might want to take care of yourself yeah. a little bit better. Sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, when you were looking at him and watching him and you couldn't close your eyes, it's kind of, it just reminds me of when we do have those young little ones, you know, Mm -hmm. those newborns, and we just stare at them for hours, make sure everything's okay. And just to go through that again with Mm -hmm. Isaiah and love his name so much. And so, (laughs) so he's, he just, he seems like a very determined, strong young man. He really is. Yeah. To go through, because that is a hard journey, his journey too with the Lord, right? Right. Right. And I think the way he has handled it the whole time is supernatural. He's always been a really neat kid, always very joyful, introspective, caring, but you don't know if those things are going to stay when someone goes through something like that, Mm -hmm. but they did and they intensified. He knows, and he knew before he could speak that it happened to him for a reason. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I hesitate actually to say for a reason because that makes it sound like God did it. And I don't think God did it, mm-hmm. but God knew it was going to happen. God allowed it to happen and God used it. So Isaiah knew that God was going to use the situation for good. Mm-hmm. And I even, I can remember sitting in the hospital with him saying, you know, when you speak, Isaiah, when you're going to speak again, and you know, when you do, you have to tell people your story. You have to tell what God did for you. Are you going to do that? And he would nod his head. Yes. He understood. I said, you understand that God has a big plan for you. And he would nod his head. Yes. And he knows. And I think it makes him feel more special somehow mm-hmm. that he's got a purpose. Yeah. We all have a purpose, but he can see it very clearly. Yeah. And such a gift and a blessing that the things that were so wonderful about Isaiah intensified after yeah. this, because like you said, you know, you don't know what can happen after someone comes out of something like this They may be somebody totally different and you just don't know, but how sweet too for him to learn these eternal things at such Mm -hmm. a young age and to be able to be like far beyond his years in that. Like, you know, he had to start all over as an infant and toddler and all that, but boy, he sure went zip right to the front end of the class with spiritual walk, you know, at his age. Yes. Yes. And I think he's just... He teaches us lessons all the time. Mm. He, he's just, it amazes me. Mm. It amazes me. It's such a blessing. I'm so grateful. Yeah. So how did this come about with writing the book? What part of that season did this come about in? Well, this happened September 8th, 2015. And it was probably a couple of days after that, that a nurse in the ICU suggested that I start a Facebook page. So that I could just tell everybody what's happening at the same time, didn't have to keep repeating the stories each day. So I did that and and I would just share what was happening each day and not just what was happening, but how it was affecting me and my walk with God and what I was learning. And I just kind of laid it all out there and 
I ended up having a few thousand followers. Most of the people I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because I just shared the nitty gritty of it all and was very honest about my feelings, whether it was a good day or a bad day. I didn't sugarcoat it. You know, this day is bad, but God is still good. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was like that instead of, oh, everything is, it's great. God is so good. You know, and that's fine. Yes, God is good. And we need to share that. But I think sometimes we as Christians will sugarcoat life. It's like, we don't want people to see that we have struggles, but that's real life. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I think sometimes we as Christians will sugarcoat life. It's like we don't want people to see that we have struggles, but that's real life. Exactly. (laughs) That's real life. Right. Yes. And I I can see how that can resonate with so many people because people are drawn to something real because they've seen so much of the putting on airs and, you Mm -hmm. know, trying to make, make believe everything's okay, you know, but when we share our struggles and the rawness Mm -hmm. of it, it it touches something in another person and it just draws us together. So, um, that, that was a great suggestion that that nurse had to be able to just share on the page and not have to repeat the story um, over and over and over. And I don't, yes, I don't think she intended for me to (laughs) write as much as I did, but, um, it just, So that turned into, I think I wrote almost every day for a whole year. Mm. And I had several people say, you should write a book. And I don't just do things because people tell me to. Mm -hmm. You know, I I would say, well, God hasn't told me that yet. Mm -hmm. And I realized after a few years, well, maybe that was him telling me (laughs) after (laughs) so many people were saying it that I should write a book. But I needed to wait until I was ready and I was sure mm-hmm. that that's what he was calling me to do. Yeah. So it, I finally did. I put a lot of, I took what I shared on social media and just filled in all the blanks and mm-hmm. and all the extra lessons that I learned and the just the realness of it all. Yeah. And it's, I didn't know, I still don't know all that God is going to do with it, but I get the feedback that I get is sometimes surprising. I think, wow, that, that actually helped that person, you know, and I'm so grateful because what is the point of doing? It's not an easy task to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I need to know that it means something. And I think God has shown me enough that it does. (laughs) That's beautiful. And yeah, especially a book like that, because that is very heavy, what happened in your life and, you know, uh, concerning your child and, and everything that was happening at the time. And I think it's so amazing how you did write every day on that Facebook page because it was likely therapeutic for you too, right? It was kind of like journaling, oh, yes. but everybody could kind of see it and read it too <laughs> along yes. with you. And then they could comment right. and give you feedback and right. give you encouragement. So that was really, really precious. So I think. And it was definitely a God thing because I don't journal. 
I'm not a journaler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, that's never anything that I had done before. Mm-hmm. So I think God, God knew, God knew from day one yeah. that it was going to be a book and that it would encourage people. And I even had some people comment who were going through very different things. Mm-hmm. Someone, I think even a couple people talked about divorce and they were struggling with a divorce mm-hmm. and something that I said helped them in, in our story. And that's nothing but God, because how do you relate almost losing a child and the daily struggles that we went through to divorce, you know? Yeah. So only God can do that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like reading through what could have been a loss in what could be grief. Mm-hmm. And then it, yeah. you know, is just so encouraging and and that they can relate and people can take different things because, you know, just as we read the word of God and he speaks to our spirit and the Holy Spirit reveals what the word is telling us um, when they're reading through this book, it's drawing out what they need yes. Yes. at that point in time. So I think that is so cool. And that's just the beauty of the fact that God brought this forth. Oh, so and, cool. you know, it's, we don't always choose the roads that he puts us on, but boy, he sure will bring it out for his glory and the good of others. Mm -hmm. So you are definitely making an impact for that. And so how, how did it go with the other children? Cause it might've been, I would imagine hard to navigate all of the health things and things going on. And then you have other young kids. So how did that work out in the family? Yes. So I had at the time, my oldest was 14 and the youngest was 10. So they weren't little, little, but you know, they could do a lot on their own, but they, it had to be the Holy Spirit covering them because they were so gracious through it all. They did not have me for 44 days that we were in the hospital. I was there every day. Actually, I think I spent the night at home, maybe twice, two nights in that time. Mm -hmm. And they were so patient and loving and they never made me feel bad. They understood that that's where I needed to be. Yeah. I, that had to be the Holy Spirit covering because yeah. they did so well. And even now, sometimes I'll ask how it affected them. And they don't really like to talk about it because mm-hmm. I think it was for the oldest anyway, it was very traumatizing for her. And she just, she doesn't really like to relive it. But she, um, because Isaiah was her best friend, they're only 13 months apart. So, but they just say it was fine. You know, it was, it was fine. They were annoyed by certain things. Sometimes they were with my parents. They had to hang out with their grandparents and they just wanted to be home and, you know, but overall they did really well. And when I came home with Isaiah, then I gave them me. And we were able to do, and Isaiah didn't have any real health issues when he came home. He came home not on any drugs or anything. It was just a matter of navigating the house and getting him to walk on his own again and all of that. But it was, um, it was okay. Wow. And because it all intertwines in their stories too. And you have such a beautiful family. Thank you. I have to say. Thank you. Precious kids and you know you have this long-term marriage which I love you know and so that's a testament to God's faithfulness as well because yeah things like this are so very hard to navigate with all the relationship Mm -hmm. 
dynamics. Absolutely. And, and my husband was amazing because he could have had trouble with that as well because he wasn't mm-hmm. at the hospital with this. I was completely focused on Isaiah. And so he lost me also for 44 days. And, but he, he understood and he was supportive and when he could come and help me, he, I mean, he would come every day, but sometimes he would stay longer or come earlier. He just was supportive in every bit of it. Just very grateful. Such an amazing story. And it's still continuing (laughs) because now you're walking in your fierce calling, Mm -hmm. sharing this with the world and encouraging other people. And, you know, who knows, God may be raising up another book. (laughs) But for now, you've got a lot going on. I'm just in awe of what God has done in the story and how it continues. And so, yeah, I just think it's so amazing what God has you doing. And we were going to talk a little bit about how Isaiah is doing, right? So what is he up to now? He's 19 now and a sophomore in college. And He was studying kinesiology and he wanted to be a physical therapist, which I thought was wonderful and it made sense. But I also was a little concerned because that's really difficult. It's hard to get into those schools and there's lots of competition. So just, you know, my mama's heart just (laughs) thought, I don't want him to go through all that. But he actually has changed his major to communications, which makes perfect sense in my mind. And that's what I kind of felt that he should do anyway, but I let God deal with him on that. (laughs) And I believe that he is going to travel with me and speak to people because there's nothing like a testimony from the person it happened to. Yeah. So I will also let he want, he, and he does want to do that with me, but I think that's just going to be full time. But Again, I'll let God, I'll let God direct that, but that's my heart's desire. I can totally see that. That's beautiful. Yeah, I can totally see that. You all Mm -hmm. going on tour together and sharing this story that just is so cool. And um, so I would love if you would share where the listener can connect with you, where they can find your book. Okay. Facebook, where I am a lot of the time, is Christina Custodio, author and speaker. Also Instagram, Christina underscore custodio. And ChristinaCustodio.com is my website, really, which is where you can get everywhere to to find me. And my book is being sold everywhere online. Amazon and Barnes Noble and ChristianBooks.com and anywhere books are sold online, even Walmart. Awesome. And I know you've said it before. I've heard you say it before when you were talking about the name of the book, which is when God changed his mind. And if you can elaborate just for a moment on that, because I think that's really important too, to bring that out. So I would love yes. to share that. The name of the book came to me before I decided to write a book. It just, I really feel like God just downloaded it into my head one day. And it just, it just came into my head when God changed his mind, because that's what happened. And I actually did not think of the fact that there's a double meaning. God knew I did not until my best friend one day said, I just love the title of the book. And I love that it has a double meaning. And I said, what double me? 
Oh, <laughs> I didn't even consider. Yes, dad changed Isaiah's mind also. He changed he changed mm-hmm. the direction he was going and I just it just it gave me chills because God chose the perfect title. I could not have done that. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. And then, you know, I know you've said like, well, he he knew right. it was going to happen, but like you said it was your test. It was my test, right? Are you going to surrender right. him fully to me and everything? Right. So that yeah, I love that. And and that double meaning thing. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like you said God is funny because you know, it took somebody to say that. Oh yeah, cuz when I first saw that title, I wasn't sure yeah. what the story was about. I thought maybe it was about you know, he was going in the wrong direction uh, and God changed his mind uh-huh. or, you know, I, I wasn't yeah. sure. And then when I saw the book and started reading it and heard you speak and all, I was like, oh yeah, oh, that's awesome. It is. It <laughs> is. And I just, I love that it wasn't me who came up with it, you know, <laughs> it really was. Yes. And God is an awesome God. So I love how he does that. He will mm-hmm. reveal things to us and, right. and in right. his timing. So in our story too, I, I guess I recently made this connection more than usual is just Abraham and Isaac and how God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And I feel like that night I kind of, I had to surrender him. I had to surrender his life. I had to put him on an altar and say, he's yours. And just like Abraham, I think he hopes that he wasn't going to have to do it. I'm sure they don't really talk much about what he was feeling, but he trusted God, mm-hmm. period. And I think that's one of those situations that probably felt too like God changed his mind, but it was, God already knew what he was going to do. It was just for Abraham. And I feel like mm-hmm. this situation was mm-hmm. for me and for my family and for other people who had to hear this story that, you know, God, it's all about how we surrender our lives to him and how he can work all things for good. Yeah. So key. Mm. Surrender is Mm -hmm. just so key. And so I love that it comes out in your story and your message Mm -hmm. that God has given you to share. I have just enjoyed this so much and I appreciate you being on and I hope to have you on again sometime. I would love it. I would love it. I've enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. It's been my joy. And I would encourage the listener to check out this book and pick it up. I'll have the links that you mentioned in the show notes so they can find you. Well, friend, continue what you're doing in your fierce calling and may God continue to abundantly bless you and your beautiful family and your ministry to him. And we will talk soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening today to this very powerful episode. What an amazing story. I love all the things that Christina shared in this quote from the show where she said, I just shared the nitty gritty of it all and was very honest about my feelings. Whether it was a good day or a bad day, I didn't sugarcoat it. You know, this day is bad, but God is still good. Friend, that is something that is so encouraging because even on the bad days, God is still good and we are going to have bad days. We're going to have good days and bad days. And we can trust in the one who knows the future and put our trust in him and our security in him. And you can connect with Christina at ChristinaCustodio.com. 
And I have all of those links in the show notes for you to check it out. And friend, I would love to connect with you as well. So please make sure to reach out to me at doraswift.com. And please, I would love if you would join my email list. Have you joined my email list yet? Go to doraswift.com and you can look on the sidebar or scroll down to the bottom. There's some free resources for you. And when you sign up to get those and download those for free, you are on my email list and you can hear all about what's going on and things that I send to my subscribers that I don't send anywhere else. And I would love you to join me. And I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.